0: This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Illuminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves.
1: Michelle, something that's been on my mind
0: that came up in
1: our first episode um, of the year was talking about low-hanging fruit. We got into a little bit around the art market, and how it's changed a little bit from the last the previous couple of years and that what might have been easy sales in the in the art market previously have become a little bit more difficult as the markets markets tightened up and so In relation to this idea of low hanging fruit, which, just to be really clear about it, I'm pretty sure it's a common terminology, but the idea that at the start of the season, and you know, there might be lots of apples just within shoulder height that you can pluck off really easily, and then as time goes on, as you clear that kind of lower layer, you're like, ah, now I need to reach up a little higher, I need to do a little bit more to get to the fruit, Um, and then you know at some point you're getting ladders out now you're climbing and it takes longer (laughs) to get to each one and um you know there might even be some stuff right at the top of the trees that you're like is it worth my effort to go all the way up there to get just one more apple I think that whole analogy works on lots of levels uh, about all sorts of stuff to do with making art and our art business so I wanted to pick it up
0: yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I love it. That's a great analogy and such a great visual way of, of what it really is like to as an artist because when you first start off and you know you're painting and you're making paintings and it you know you're pricing to really kind of attract that low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. what I would consider like more easy what looks easy Um, but it's not a place that has a lot of sustainability once all that low-hanging fruit, you know, has been picked. And I think that's not only from, you know, what your offer is to that market, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of that, as well as what what you can continue to produce. Because this applies. We did talk about it in terms
1: of the market, but at the time it really struck me how this applies to the art process itself because when... I'll talk for myself. When I started painting, I had probably been thinking about it for years. I mean, I'd been playing a little bit. Like when I decided I was going to paint seriously and I was going to create a collection that I was going to put up for sale, that's probably a more accurate description of what I'm talking about. I had been playing and taking, you know, fun courses, and I was kind of bubbling with enthusiasm and ideas. There was a lot of low-hanging fruit in my (laughs) artistic orchard at that point in time. You know, there was always ups and downs to that process. But looking back now, there are a lot of ideas that I had built up that I wanted, was ready to, to get out. It strikes me in terms of the writing world when, you know, people talk about writing their first novel or the first novel that gets published. You know, they've spent their whole lives as a writer thinking about this plot these characters they've they've got a lot of investment in those ideas and so it can there's a lot of material there the novel comes out it's a great success and then the publisher's like okay now we want another one Mm -hmm. so whereas the development process for that first novel might have been 10 years of thinking dreaming you know your first exhibition as an artist thinking dreaming and then they're like that was great give us another one Now you've got six months. You know, that is not (laughs) – you've (laughs) taken all the low-hanging fruit, you've put it into that first big expression, that first big kind of success, and now you're like, oh, I've got to now work out how to generate something that's the next level.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I do think um, the technical skills as an artist when Mm -hmm. you're first starting, you know, that low-hanging fruit – um, in terms of what is sellable, like there, there may not be as many technical skills required as well. Definitely, and yeah. then as you start developing more technical skills, then you have more questions, you know, on how to execute things. I know for my own self, um, some of the ideas I had that I wanted to execute, I just couldn't, I could not literally mm. do because of the skills the skills weren't there even though the vision was there and i think a lot of people yeah. feel that frustration a lot of artists probably have experienced that themselves where they you know might like oh i want to do this and i do this and then all of a sudden this other thing comes out and you're like well that's that's not what i wanted it to look like the- so your vision is there your um your taste is there but your ability to execute on that isn't always there you know, and so mm. that's where I think then you've got to get the ladders out, and you got to climb a few steps, and you got to dig a little bit deeper, and and that can be a bit of a shock. Can't yeah, it? I think it like is. If,
1: if that first experience you had of walking through and just plucking the fruit from shoulder height, yeah, you know, it, it flowed, um, and you don't know at that point in time. How can you know? You can't really conceive of the idea that it, it, it won't just feel like this the same way every time, but actually you're gonna have to be carrying the heavy ladders yeah. and there's gonna be more sweat involved and that kind of thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Definitely I think this is the, the part where, you know, some artists quit just literally quit. And I think it's kind of funny because I just, it just, as you were saying that I was remembering back to our previous episode where we were just talking about, you know, those commitments and, the way that people see painting and i think new painters when you come in you're like oh i just i just go get this paint and it's it's paint how hard yeah. can it be how hard can painting mm. be you know how hard exactly, how yeah. hard can abstract painting be you know and then you find out like well actually <laughs> there's a lot more to it so i think that's mm-hmm. um the there's that part after the beginning you know where you're like okay well painting's a little harder than i imagined there's a lot more to it and then as yeah. far as developing your ideas And really what I consider adding value, you know, to the painting, Mm -hmm. like for the market, Mm -hmm. the reason why you can start raising your prices is because you're adding value to the market in terms of not only in your skill, but your vision and your creation. And like that is what is allowing you to accelerate your price. And it Mm -hmm. also um, is what people are willing to pay more for, you know, like there's, Mm -hmm. there's a match there. And I think that... Um, in that low-hanging fruit area, those buyers aren't always, they're not really caring about that as much as the higher-end market mm. does. I don't know if I explained mm. that very well. So we, we, we have been talking a little bit
1: about the art process itself. And so in that <laughs> analogy, the fruit is your art and what you're creating. But when you look at it as that analogy in terms of the people, these low-hanging buyers mm. are the ones that, Maybe are easy to reach, and you know that's when we we talk about um the kind of big art marketplaces where there's a lot of people. It just makes sense that where there's a lot of people who are easy to reach, there's also a lot of competition.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I don't know. You're there pulling down the low hanging fruit, but there's also like six other artists in the same six. In the same orchard. <laughs> the Sixty? You mean pulling <laughs> six hundred? <Yeah. laughs> pulling at the same fruit and you're like oh I got to get to them first and now it, so that that's when we've talked about it gets more competitive in terms of price and 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 that kind of thing I I can run this analogy all day I tell you yes <laughs> because we can also think uh you know when that particular market is exhausted when you know you, you don't have buyers there I think that's when we also talked about um a couple of episodes ago like when we get that urge to jump ship so it can start to feel a bit difficult you can go oh okay there's like six thousand artists all in the same orchard it's getting really crowded we've taken out the lower levels um i don't know what to do here so you can think that it's a good idea to jump ship and go to the orchard next door and go to a fresh batch of easy to get buyers and that's um we've kind of come at this in different angles and a number of times of how that can play out
0: i think that's where you know again in the lower art market you might see people trying a different trend they're like oh i'm gonna try this style exactly. now and so to me it's like it's like if anyone knows me um personally they know i'm pretty simple i don't wear a lot of sequence. but it's like me going and buying a sequence dress and trying it on and i'm like i think i'm gonna wear a sequence yeah. now for the week like it's, yes. I think that the, the challenge there is, like, does it fill an in integrity with who you really are? You know? Mm. And if it does, well, great. But I know for me... I I wouldn't feel an integrity if I were just dumped to ship next door like okay now I'm going to do I'm going to do landscapes now I'm going to do flower like it's just that thing of I just had a
1: thought that like you could jump next door to like the mango orchard but actually you don't even like mangos but <laughs> so that was the next one across I so do. that's what you went for It's <laughs> <That's> funny you <laughs> don't, don't like, like mangos so
0: that's why <laughs> <laughs> Exactly so I think you have to be careful and again I'm not saying like personally there's a ton of people who were great at landscape and it's completely aligned with who they are they're completely aligned mm. with florals so i'm not saying one is worse or better than the other i'm just saying for me that wouldn't align with me and the the holistic 20 year vision of my career to do that mm. does that mm. make sense like i'm not totally. so compelled Like the landscape isn't the thing that pulls me in as much, Um, you know, and so for me, if I did that, it would be more of a superficial reason. And I think that's kind of what the heart of. And again, I always feel like I'm saying things that, you know, could offend people. So I say this with a disclaimer, but also at the same time, like it is what it is. I'm going to say it the way it is. I think Mm. people can make superficial decisions, and I think as artists, Mm -hmm. we have to really be aware of the art we're making, you know, is this really a real thing for me as far as the connection Mm. I have to it, or am I making a decision based on something superficial that doesn't actually mean anything to me? Because again, I think that the low-hanging fruit analogy, like the superficialness, like it just isn't sustainable. And it's Mm. not that, you know, I don't love beautiful things that happen to also be superficial. Like, I love luxury, beautiful things. Like, I'm a sucker for that as well. But for me to do things as an artist, I have to really make sustainable, long-term decisions, not superficial, short decisions.
1: Yeah. So what we're saying in that analogy, I guess, is that when you're connected to something and that's kind of where you want to be and where you want to put your time and you know your mental space and your emotional space and your energy there's only so you're on that path but there's only so much low-hanging fruit but it's actually kind of built in that, that you want to get the ladders you want to go deeper like that's that's inherent in the process. So you don't want to keep like just be on the ground level. Yes. So you want to put in that effort and, and the point and how that meshes up then with what you have been talking about in the market is that, okay, you're moving up. You're moving up the tree and hopefully what you're doing with your, your marketing and, and your strategy side of things your business side of things is you're lining that up now with – fewer fruit fewer buyers (laughs) but people who are more discerning about that extra effort you know okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna bang this analogy all the way (laughs) to the end now we're getting into like the people who are willing to go to that organic section and buy the fruit that's like being handpicked versus you know chopped off by a machine um You know, I know that in Japan there are certain types of melons and fruit that are just single packaged and you know will sell for a hundred dollars because they're like the real specialty fruit that's the kind of fruit we're talking about when you put in the effort and you've really not just wandering through hacking off whatever's on the bottom
0: yeah a hundred percent I that's such a great analogy because it really is and not only that but if you think about really what an orchard is and it, an orchard is is a whole field of fruitful trees and so if you're really investing Mm. in your orchard you know one that you can really plant your roots in you know and again we love to have Mm -hmm. these analogies but it's it's going to produce fruit all the way to the top and again i think in the previous episode Mm. we were talking about how making choices sometimes we have to make choices that seem like they're not fruitful you know in that moment and and it mm-hmm. that moment could last for a year or two. I mean, and I'm just being completely honest with my own yeah. experience. Like when I was really digging into what I really wanted to do as, you know, truly as my most authentic work, that that really did not look like a bunch of easy low-hanging fruit at the at the moment. You know, mm. it was digging, it was literally yeah. planting roots and, you know, digging mm. a foundation and just taking steps that um, weren't visible signs of even having any fruit to be honest like there was no fruit yeah I mean it was like little buds here and there but it wasn't anything that I could see that um, always gave me confidence and I think that's where the road gets a little bit slippery because we're like well where's that easy low-hanging fruit where's that quick win Yeah, yep yep and
1: I- I'm not a wine drinker but I'm pretty sure that you know in the development of vineyards that there is that you know, like the re- really young vineyards don't produce the best wine, but the people who are starting those understand that. Like they have to work through yes. those early seasons and early harvests and they have to put the effort in knowing that they are investing in building something that's going to enrich with time. Yeah. And yeah. to really, like they're aiming for a quality vintage Ten years from now, twenty years from now, and they're still working that now. Actually, just to extend, not
0: that. to just have <laughs> this whole an episode is going to be analogies. But I love the wine <laughs> analogy um, because if you think about it, wine is very similar in that sense of you've got your your cheap wine that you can buy, you know, that's the mm-hmm. you know low hanging fruit, and it's what you can get it for. I don't even know what the prices are, but pretty darn cheap, $5, $7. And then you've got all these, you know, nicer wines that go up. Mm -hmm. And how much time have they put into the energy to make those wines, you know, and how much fertilizer, like I can't even imagine the amount of effort that they put into that. And the time investment, Mm -hmm. I think, in wine is such a great analogy because those wines and, you know, those things that take a while to brew like they don't necessarily give them the benefit immediately you know as a wine producer no. like they got to hang in there and wait yep. for the right time and then they can you know reveal it and charge a lot more for that investment
1: yeah there might be a few seasons of producing yes, vinegar because right that's You know, that's the early, the early fruits, just not at the standard that they want. So So
0: as artists, we can take a lesson from that because I think that sometimes we feel, um, we can feel like unless we're producing something, it's not worthy. But that's not true. I mean, look at even small businesses. You know, many small businesses don't even make a profit in the first few years. Like for us as artists to think we're going to literally go to the $2 shop and get some paints and be successful, you know, quickly... Is just crazy, and yeah. yet, um, yeah, we we feel bad, and we feel bad if people are like, "Well, how's that art thing going?" And you're like, "Well, I just I just bought myself another two thousand dollars worth of supplies. It's I love it." <laughs> so it's tricky.
1: It is tricky, and I want to flip this now. I want to turn it around a bit because I think what we're talking about is a little bit macro, like from the the big picture point of view, like uh, developing your process over many years, understanding the market in a big way because I what I think is really interesting is that you can also flip it around and use this idea of low-hanging fruit as uh, kind of a way to move you forward in a smaller way mm-hmm. day-to-day in the studio because if I know that when if you're feeling stuck if you feel like you're at a dead end sometimes looking in a small way for those quick wins looking for what's most obvious what's right in front of you but maybe you've been overlooking can be a really powerful way to move yes. things along and so that's where I'm going to be a bit of an advocate for the low-hanging fruit because we can be overlooking that what's right there
0: for mm-hmm. us to use a ton of percent I'm in fact um, my studio is really based on that like looking for those quick wins and I think that's where I guess for me what works the best and I don't know what you found as well back but Instead of kind of looking to the external world, you know, for those quick wins, Mm -hmm. if I really just spend time to dig into my own self, um, those quick wins Mm -hmm. are so available, like in a literal way. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm always pleasantly surprised by how quickly they can reveal themselves when I'm actually opening my eyes and looking for them you know and not necessarily mm-hmm. being like oh well what's over here and what's you know like kind of removing myself from my own presence and what that art experience is for me you know what i mean
1: i'm picking that up a hundred percent yeah it, it totally is because we we overlook um like you say let's zoom down a little like right down and kind of look at ourselves as yes in ourselves and we can think Oh, I don't have you can make kind of judgments. I don't have anything within like the answers aren't within me. I need to to find something else. I need to just assume that 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 it's it's not within us. But like you say slowing down, going into the studio and like when you talk about quick wins in the studio, you know, playing in the studio and really giving attention to what's happening in the moment is that the kind of thing yeah it's
0: about being super present when you're in the studio i mean for me if i can really immerse myself and um connect on a heart level you know yeah like really get in touch with and for me it's a visual experience you know so i'm definitely looking at my inspiration i'm looking at my paintings and i'm making connections about Mm. what the feeling is that I want to put in my painting and through the experience of making painting, you know, sometimes there are things that look like you don't necessarily have wins, but I think that I look at it a little bit differently. I look at taking risks and failing as a win. I know that yeah. not everybody sees that way, but I think that it, you can really design wins to be any way that you want them to be. Like for me, if I just repeat myself, I'm not winning. I might have mm-hmm. a beautiful painting, but that is not a win. So I guess mm-hmm. it depends on what your, um, you know, what your standard of wins are and what you're looking for out of your art practice as well. I yeah. find wins to be um, experimental, like. Seeing in a new way—that's a win for mm. me. If I can mm. see in a new way, whether even it's a color test or um, you know testing out some new material, or like I literally am looking for those kind of wins, yeah. and that to me is like, oh yeah, okay, that's that's good. I like that. Like it's it seems like it's not really anything like significant, but if you take you know two hundred of those wins, and that really becomes you know, the foundation of your art, you have a real thing. You know what I mean?
1: What I was thinking of connected exactly to what you said there about it, it feels like it's not very significant. I Mm. think where that kind of, when I talked about wanting to flip the view a little bit, what I see is that when you come into this um, kind of close micro view of the studio experience that we're talking about now, the difference is that instead of thinking that you need to get out all this paraphernalia, you know, all the, the ladders and you need to have these complicated systems or external experts or, or kind of things in order to build up something that's show-stopping, right, to, to, mm-hmm. to put on this big performance, that it's actually about getting – really close it's about yes it's about the the stuff that's closest to you that that that's inside and that's the stuff just like you say that we're thinking well that's not significant enough that's not big enough that's not you know exotic enough but it's kind of you know coming in to find that like it's not the exotic fruit it's not the the stuff out there it's it's the really the stuff that's at home Right inside you. The stuff that comes out,
0: like you say, yes. when you're just playing and you say, yes.
1: ah, this – the gold is here yes. is what I'm getting but at, I guess.
0: Not only that, but when you say, like, the, it doesn't look like exotic fruit, it doesn't look like exotic fruit to you because it's you. But it exactly. looks like exotic fruit to us because we're not you.
1: Exactly. This and is, that's
0: – yeah. This, that's, yeah. this that's, is the paradox. This is the yeah. amazingness.
1: You take that, that really – thing that that's yours that seems like low-hanging fruit to you that's an really ordinary coming naturally and ordinary it's just like the apple in your heart kind in of fact thing. I
0: would say that the apples <laughs> dropped on the ground and you're not even noticing it and it might even be rotting and you need to oh, pick that back up and t- you know what I mean it's not like, even
1: hanging anymore it's the, fallen fruit. It's the fallen fruit I love that it's I think the fallen the fruit
0: and neglected fruit
1: yeah it's true it's so true um and it's a real mind shift to notice that you got to practice you really have to practice noticing. it's so yes. easy to keep overlooking it yeah
0: I think that's where I a lot of the magic is yeah absolutely and it's funny because if you think about it like the 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 irony is really that for us it feels so ordinary, and so therefore mm. we're like, well, that certainly can't be exciting and exotic and <laughs> no all the interested. stuff we're looking in that. But no one's interested in those neglected apples. They all it, want the <laughs> exactly. But it's so it's so we're so close to it. We can't see how special yeah. it is, you know. And I think mm. that when we can allow ourselves to just kind of you know, bathe in it. You know what I mean? Like we need to really soak in our essence and kind of learn to see it in a way that allows it just to bubble up so that other people can go, wow, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, I think Mm. that we need to yeah take a little bit of time and collect that fruit that you've let go to the ground and rot and pick it back up and look at it and cut off the pieces that you don't like anymore and Mm. you know keep the core that's still there that's really you you know and that is Mm. that is the low-hanging fruit as an artist and i think not only the low-hanging fruit but like it's the it's the foundation it's the same stuff that you're going to plant the seeds for the new stuff like mm. all the seeds of the future orchard come from these seeds you know that comes oh that. yeah
1: okay i'm loving this <laughs> so now we're planning our next orchard from those seeds but yet and and when you say soak in the essence i think that that is exactly the kind of work which um we talked about in the last episode that takes bravery because it is yeah. that in the tunnel mm. it is the time that can look you know insignificant to eyes from the outside and probably for yourself yeah
0: because I think as as you know as people who want to be productive human beings I mean who doesn't want to feel like you have a purpose or you're contributing and when you're mm. in this you know like soaking observing yourself it feels like there's nothing happening, you know. But honestly, it's the same thing as meditating. Like, meditating doesn't look like anything's happening, you know. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet, it's one of the most powerful exercises you can do. Like, sitting in silence, you know, looks like nothing. But that's that's the actual irony of it all is it's the thing that actually opens up things. So, I mm. could go off on a tangent about that. But I think that... Um, things are not what they appear to be, you know? No. And we have to kind of be open to them looking differently than yeah. what we think they were supposed to look like.
1: Exactly, exactly. And and to take, to be brave and to take that leap that you're going to feel like nothing's happening for a, a while. Yes. And it's going to take a while. And, and it's going to be really unnerving because what you're investing in and committing to is is yourself and that's a lot of vulnerability. It feels easier to commit to some other external promise, you know, someone saying, if you do this, this and this, you'll be a great artist because in some ways if you fail then it's not kind of not you.
0: Yeah. It's them. it's
1: whatever they taught you that didn't work out. Yeah. This is really, as you say, going to your own roots, to going like into your own foundation and your own seeds and your own ground of yourself it's unnerving yeah. it it's hey welcome to being an artist
0: <laughs> yes yes it's very unnerving but it's it's again i look at it and i think but the fruit i mean the fruit that you can get for decades is mm-hmm. unbelievable i mean and again if i would have if i would have started this sort of internal journey you know, 10, 15 years ago, I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I wait so long to do this? Because it's just so, it just keeps giving and giving and giving, you know, on so many levels.
1: It's the wine thing, isn't it? I'm just thinking it's the wine thing. You gotta have a belief that it's gonna yield the vintage wine in the end, even though the first few seasons, you're just getting young grapes that might end up being vinegar but yes. you got to you got to believe in what you know you're building yeah. yeah
0: and i think i think the part that we come unraveled in that is that we have this expectation that it's a certain way Mm-hmm. and i'm not even sure that i've even read anywhere where it should be this ex, you know like way but i think our brain is like oh it's going to be like this and yeah, like then, who said <laughs> who said like i don't even remember reading that like where would i even come up with the way i thought it would be so i yeah. think that um, readjusting our expectations is mm-hmm. something like we're only disappointed when we're not meeting our expectations you know mm-hmm. and if we are expecting to go deep into developing more of ourselves and we think it's going to happen in like a week or mm-hmm. a month and it's just like going to be boom it's just i mean it's it's just not like that life unravels the way it's supposed to timing is you know, part of the equation that just it just kinda unravels in its own way based on mm-hmm. where where your head is, what you put into it, how you have the resistance. Like there's so many factors to it. And mm-hmm. I think that we have to just readjust and say, wow, hadn't counted on the resistance to my own self. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> there's yeah, so many elements yeah. to it that we have to be flexible to and and to be kind to ourselves along the way and say you know, it might look a little bit different than we think, but I think that yeah, the low hanging fruit is everywhere. But the best low hanging fruit, I think, is is within ourselves because yeah. it's easy to find it again if you're looking for yes.
1: it. Yes, when you find it within yourself, it becomes. And we've talked about this. It really genuinely becomes a an inexhaustible source like yeah. you have as in as in as I know I've been talking a lot of, a lot of food I'm not saying S-A-U-C-E <laughs> I'm saying S-O-U-R-C um yeah so we're saying get that get that neglected fruit from inside start investing in your own wonderful orchard or vineyard and and then then you start building and aiming for that Higher fruit. (laughs) Right. Yes. As you progress. Yes.